Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Got a little news for you. It's the news update on Make It Rain. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Dane. I'm Alex Fasano with your Make It Rain news update. Every time you guys keep saying Alex Cora, I get a little nervous that you're going to fire me being a manager of the Red Sox. I don't know, the same name, but my goodness. Uh, Might be the next manager of the Red Sox. Hey, I'm available. No, I'm kidding. We'll see what happens with Alex Cora. We'll get into that in just a second. If you know the analytics, you'll be good to go. Yeah, uh, first base is that way, right? From there you go. Day. Who's on first? What's on second? I don't know who's on third. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, but we'll get into that in just a second, guys. But last night, the biggest story has to be, obviously, Joe Burrow capping off one of the greatest seasons in college football history by leading LSU to a 42-25 to victory over the Clemson Tigers. The Tigers won, guys. We knew that was going to happen. Um, Joe Burrow, 4 163 yards. That's a playoff and BCS college football record, by the way. Five touchdowns. He had one rushing touchdown. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I believe his name is. 16 carries, 110 yards. Jamar Chase, unbelievable. 221 yards off of nine catches and two touchdowns. I think Randy Moss's son, Thaddeus Moss, also had two catches as well into the end zone. So congratulations to him. On the other side for the Clemson Tigers, Trevor Lawrence, I guess, laid an egg, so to speak. 234 yards. He had one rushing touchdown, no passing touchdowns. Uh, Three different running backs for Clemson had a touchdown. Uh, And here's another stat, guys. Joe Burrow's 60 touchdown passes breaks the NCAA FBS single season record. So uh, the Bengals uh, will have an enjoyable season at quarterback once they draft uh, first overall. Uh, Joe Burrows. We'll see what happens, though. Leaning that way, but we don't know for sure because anything can happen in the NFL draft. Let's look at the odds for next year's college football playoffs. Right now, as it sits, Clemson is the favorite two to one odds to make it to the playoffs. Alabama four to one. LSU is at nine to two, and Ohio State is at seven to one. That is because Alabama and LSU obviously will lose their quarterbacks in Tua Tagovailoa and Joe Burrows, but. For the Heisman odds, Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields, that's why Ohio State is still in one of the top four odds for the college football playoffs. He is your Heisman favorite at plus 175. And Trevor Lawrence, sunshine over in Clemson, plus 550. Those are your new Heisman trophy odds for the 2020-2021 football season in college. Guys, let's talk about it. You were just... A uh, little, little getting a little tense over there, guys. But the Houston Astros were caught stealing signs using a. Joe, I love system. how everyone thinks we get tense all the time. I got a little chilly there, but I know you guys are just, you know, you guys are you. So <laughs> I was like, whoa, it's uh, they're getting heated. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's great. We're fighting though. across ten state lines all every morning. <laughs> the entire East Coast is feeling it, guys. The entire. East when I find you, Joe, down there in Miami, watch out! I'm gonna bring Antonio Brown and the cops with me. You're going to bring yeah. a, a bag of uh, you-know-whats as well and chuck them at him. And... I'll bring a bag, Imagine, Joe, bring imagine a bag Trump walking on the field last night prior to that game. How, talk about tense, my word. Uh, yeah. Well, he yeah. makes sure to do it down south, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you like, actually, you want to talk about tense. You should have seen Nick Saban on the sideline wearing a, yeah, a credential. Yeah, yep. Oh, my yep. gosh. Six-time yep. uh, college, whatever, college champion. Oh, I got to still wear a credential. Like that yeah. was that was pretty funny to see. And he's um, like, "Why am I not playing in this game?" Get out on the sideline too. Yeah. yeah, he's sitting there like, "I could have scored on that play. I could. Yeah, I should have been playing." <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's it's great to not see Bama and the Patriots in the playoffs, but 
I oh, that's just you. that's just me. Um, <laughs> let's go, guys. Houston Astros. Uh, the original sanctions were uh, general manager Jeff Lundhau and um, AJ Hinch, manager. Well, we're going to be suspended for a year, but the Astros got ahead of the game. Well, I guess not really ahead of it because it was after the fact. But they fired both the GM and the manager. Um, Jim Crane, the, uh, the owner of the Astros, said they um, neither of them were the ones who started it, but neither did anything about it. We need to move forward with a clean slate. So that's what they uh, plan on doing. However, they still have to lose their first and second round draft picks for this year and next and a $5 million fine, but I guess that's nothing to MLB owners. So a uh, pretty hefty fine to some, but not to others. Really quick, let's go to the association, guys. Let's get some recap of some games, some interesting ones. The Pacers taking down the 76ers, 101-95. to TJ Warren, who we just saw get into a fight with Jimmy Butler and ejected, played hero as he blocked a potential go-ahead three-point shot with 29 seconds left. Malcolm Brogdon for the Pacers had a 21.9-assist game. Demontis Sabonis and Miles Turner also had... Double doubles in this one. Ben Simmons had a double double of 24 points and 14 rebounds for the 76ers. Let's go to Los Angeles where the Lakers take down the Cavaliers 128 to 99. LeBron James had a game high 31 points, eight assists. I know Ben O'Brien downstairs is excited about that one. Dwight Howard had a season high 21 points and 15 rebounds. A nice double double for him. Kevin Loves for the Cavs had a double-double of 21 points and 11 rebounds. Guys, this is the Lakers' ninth straight win. Who's going to stop them? It might be the Clippers and uh, Lou Williams and Kawhi Leonard. I don't know. Battle for Los Angeles will probably happen again later in the season, but it will end in the playoffs. We will see what happens there. Really quick, guys, early lines for the conference championship game. Titans and the Chiefs. Chiefs are your 7.5-point favorites. Right now, the Packers and the 49ers. 49ers your seven and a half point favorites we will see what happens championship sunday this weekend in the nfl finally here all right gonna send it back to the crew on make it rain helping you win some cash this tuesday morning the sports grid network let it rain remember the class where i taught you all how to make it rain make it rain dollar dollar bills y'all All right, here we go. Final hour here on the grid, sportsgrid.com. Joe and Aaron Dane Martinez here as, yes, uh, a national champion was crowned last night. LSU, congratulations, Joe Burrow. The future uh, will hopefully be bright as long as the uh, Cincinnati Bengals don't screw that up. Uh, but great performance, historic uh, performance, capping off one of the most dominant seasons uh, in college football history for a program, LSU. Uh, now set the record for the single most points scored in a season of any team dating back to the 30s. Uh, and they can all thank uh, Joe Brady and that uh, that little page out of the, and it's fitting that they were in Saints, uh, yeah. the Saints' home there last night because that's uh, they certainly did look a lot like uh, the Saints uh, in a lot of aspects there last night, opening it up for the first time. Uh, congratulations. First quarterback since 2003 to win the Heisman and the national champion. Uh, and he didn't steal any uh, crab legs or crawfish. So uh, that's good. That's where the Jameis Winston uh, comparisons, I hope, will stop for him. But they did an amazing job. Nothing about it. But however, uh, I can assure you, uh, Vegas and uh, the books around the country are already telling us uh, Clemson. <laughs> I hope you're not sick of them. Because they'll be back again next year as uh, as the favorite, and I think LSU dropped all the way to eight to one, nine to one, somewhere in that uh, ballpark. There, 
it, where do they go from here is the big question, too, for LSU. Um, it's great when you have a quarterback like Joe Burrow to run that system. How easy is it to find Joe Burrow in the LSU, uh, you know, in the SEC, rather? So I, I think there's no doubt, Dane, that SEC quarterbacks, it's been one of the worst quarterback-driven leagues we've seen, mostly because they get crushed, and it's uh, yep. not exactly the um, – it ain't the Pac-12. There's a reason why a lot of quarterbacks get drafted out of the Pac-12 and yep. not the SEC because uh, look at Tua, guys. Uh, it's it's not an easy conference to play in. So I want to see what they do from here on out. Yeah, you can. they get athletes, Dane, but can you get that quarterback? Well, I will say this. There's a new route these days, the transfer route. So maybe someone mm. now wants to come and play for this offense. You know, yes. that's another route also. And you're right, Joe, about the SEC quarterback. You know the best SEC quarterback in the NFL right now is Dak Prescott? Oh. There you go. <laughs> Way to go. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. So we've, yeah, yeah, that's uh, Texas A&M is now, right? Yeah, Texas A&M too as well. Yep. Yeah, it's a, it's kind of an anomaly. Uh, the whole uh, SEC quarterback, uh, you know, stud quarterback situation doesn't happen very often. And uh, Joe Burrow is certainly going to be over the next couple of months. It's not the last you're going to hear of him. <laughs> you're going to hear a lot more of him, especially come draft day. And I can't wait to hear the people. Uh, the negative Nellies that will uh, that pop up always around draft time going, well, he's, you know, I don't know that it necessarily, tra- like, I'm not sure what else the kid could do besides break every damn record known to mankind and lead uh, a team that has always been known, a program always been known for running backs and smash mouth football because that's what the SEC is mostly. That's how you beat Alabama. Alabama has been the only team in the SEC really to come close to having some you know, quarterback success, but it's just mostly because everybody else on the team is ridiculous. Uh, certainly, I to me, I think Alabama, I think that is a defensive program. Uh, yeah. LSU for years, defensive program. Uh, some of the best, uh, you know, DBs and linemen and linebackers from LSU, yep. just always studs on the defense. They never really had, you know, they never really had that quarterback, that one person. So Burrow, I think, when it's uh, when the draft comes, Burrow will be by far the class quarterback of the SEC currently in the NFL because outside of outside of Dak, I yeah. mean, who is left? We we mentioned Drew Locke in Missouri, but outside of that, what quarterbacks Stafford. in the SEC? Stafford, I guess Georgia still. Um, who who the hell out? But even while well, Stafford was highly, he was highly touted. He, was he wasn't one. a number he was one, a number one pick. pick. Yeah, he wasn't a number I mean, one Ryan pick. Tannehill went top ten. <laughs> Tannehill at A and M, but A and M I don't think was SEC when he right. was here. I think, yeah, I think it was Big Ten. 
It was Big yeah, 12. Yeah, that's true. And A&M was kind of more of a spread offense, right? Yes. They were more of a Big 12 offense. <laughs> and yeah. then they moved yeah. over, you yep. know. Um, so it, it's interesting. You yeah, talk about the evolution. There's not a lot of, of SEC quarterbacks, period. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's just not. not a lot. There's not. Uh, some of them are going to be in the XFL, but not in the NFL. Yeah, no, um, no, yeah but not in the NFL. You're right. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what I was mentioning. Joe, what, yeah. you know, you talk about the evolution of the LSU <laughs> offense, right? Where do you think Les Miles is thinking right now? You know, because he was all about this Alabama six to three kind of games, right. right? They had, I kid you not, Joe, they had Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry as their wideouts. Oh, and yeah. they couldn't have an and they couldn't have an explosive offense, you know. When yep. you think of some of the guys that are there or that they've had come through those doors, but it was a scheme thing, right? And I think we're realizing that the spread and the dynamic and the RPOs and quarterbacks with some mobility—that is what's coming to the NFL. And that was the most important, impressive part for me, Joe, about Joe right. Burrow. The stats are gaudy. But the pocket presence, the ability to extend plays, the ability to make those decisions. And it happens more than just the highlight plays, Joe. Honestly, you know, if you're second and nine, right, and you're dead to rights and you should get sacked and it should be third and 15, but you make a little play and get like three yards out of it. And all of a sudden it's third and five instead of third and 14. That is a huge play that people don't, you know, and Russell does it. Deshaun does it. And, And that's. That's what Burrow was doing, and that was impressive. The uh, It's also interesting, too, because time is now uh, running out. Uh, I do believe the underclassmen, and I know Saban's been fighting for this for a long time. I believe there's only two or three d- days left for these kids to decide what they're going to do for the draft. And don't forget, guys, once they, you know, any NCAA eligibility that underclassmen have is gone once they say, I'm going to the NFL draft, and it's it's kind of hard. That doesn't give these kids, especially in this game here, it doesn't give them a whole lot of yeah. time to figure out exactly, you know, shake it off and try to put together a game plan because if they decide to go and they don't get drafted, they can't go back to school. They're screwed. So we see this time and time again, and I know Saban is a guy that for, along with a bunch of other guys, have been leading the charge going, can we move this date back? Give these kids a little more time to shake the cobwebs, like get over the game. You know, yeah. let's. the national championship games are usually loaded with a bunch of underclassmen who certainly can, their, their stock could go. A lot of things can happen there. It's not just a easy one, two, three decision. Um, so, and I can certainly tell, talk about recency bias. You don't want to be a kid making a decision based upon one great game or, you know, you don't have enough time to really evaluate. And, you know, Saban's a lot of things, but he's always championing that, like, this makes no sense. Why are you putting these kids, you know, and even if they declare, and again, this is another thing he's always wanted. If he doesn't get drafted, if they don't get drafted, they should be able to come back, right? I mean, they should be able to have some eligibility. So there's just a whole lot for teams like, just think about it. I mean, between LSU... And Clemson, we talked earlier, how many Sunday players are on that field potentially over the next couple of years? It's huge. But they haven't had any time since football started to really think about what they want to do, Dan, with making the, if I'm a junior, do I want to forego? I I haven't had time because I've been busy prepping for, you know, Ohio State. And now all of a sudden you got 48 hours, kid. What are you going to do? Crap it, get off the bed. You're going to the NFL? You're not? What are you going to do? Like, huh? Uh, I don't get it. I think it's a little ridiculous. They should absolutely move it back. I hear you. I mean, 
they were practicing, but there is like a month and a half between the SEC championship game and this playoff. Yes, they're practicing and getting ready for it. Um, my, I have a question, Joe. Be, and, and check me on this. In college basketball, can't you even, like, test the waters, hire an agent, stuff like that, and then, like, get the advice of the pro teams and then come back? Can't you actually come back in basketball for college? Like, I've, I always thought you could even, like, hire an agent and then rescind it in the process. Yeah, well, the NCAA does not allow – once you announce that you are gone, once you hire an agent, you're done. So it, there's no turning back there. So For some you reason are, in basketball, I think you can declare and then come back. If you college are basket. not draft – as long as you know you're right. Okay, so as long okay. – yeah, you could say I'm going to go to the draft. You can change your mind as long as you don't – but who the hell in their right mind is going to declare for the NBA draft and not have an – they've already got an agent. Um, so that's question, the other though, problem. Is, is it inconsistent between – is the NCAA – do they have different rules for basketball and football? Yes, well, age that's first. Weird. I mean, yeah, you, you don't have to play one year in, uh, in basketball as opposed oh. to you got to – you can't do it before your junior year in football, and I get I that, that rule. It makes total sense. Declare and come back in basketball, right? But you can't in football. That's just weird. Yeah, no, yeah, no. It's um, they don't. And and again, you're asking twenty-year-old kids to make life-changing decisions forty-eight hours after they just either won or lost a uh, you know a a college football championship game. Doesn't make any damn sense. Like, let them figure it out. Give them some time and test the damn waters because you can't have an agent, right? So it's not like I can say, well, my agent is checking with teams. No. I mean, and we all know that teams will blow how much smoke. Uh, you know, that's why they use a lot of high school, like my high school coach or, you know, mm-hmm. Saban or, you know, some of these other guys they'll lean on. But ultimately, you know, would you rather come back for another year at Clemson uh, and, and compete for another national championship? Or do you want to go to the draft? Oh, I'm sorry, you didn't get drafted, but here's a practice squad. You know, it's like. Right. No, I think it's completely messed up. And I just brought it up. The NCAA did announce a rule change last year for college basketball. Right. The new rule states, I'm reading it. The new rule states that players who participate in the NBA combine can return as long as they notify their athletic directors. And if they are not drafted. They can test the waters in a way that NCAA football players apparently cannot, and so I just well, think that inconsistency. There's only is two. There's only two rounds in the in the NBA draft. So if they're not within that, then yes, they can do, but they can't hire an agent. I don't believe they're allowed to have any sort of represent. And I think that's what Zion had to be careful of last year too, everyone, because it was the minute he declared he signed with CAA or whoever it was. Right. That's when his eligibility went out the window. So, but yeah, Zion could have come back. Man, that was the other thing. Does he come back? Does he not? Well, the minute he hired an agent, it was over at that particular point. Um, well, but the policy seems to be different for college football and college basketball players, and that is yeah, weird well, to me. One can be an 18-year-old, and one has to wait until he at least is, uh, you know, a junior in order to be able to do it. Which I don't know that you want a lot of 19-year-olds in the NFL anyway. I don't think that's a necessarily a great thing. But the thing but... is, if you declare, the door is closed if you're a football player. If you're a basketball player, if you declare, the door yes. is not closed. It's weird. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Well, and, and again, because of the – how many picks are there in the NFL? 232 32 – 32 times 7? 32 times 7. So two. 
Yeah, so 206. Mr. O'Relevant is what, 269, something like that? So. I get it, but. Yeah. Well, baseball, I think, is the same as well, is it not? Still? NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. All right, so who would like to be the next, well, daily fantasy legend, especially on the golf course, because you can go for the green right now with DailyRoto.com. And for a limited time, get yourself a free access to Daily Roto's PGA DFS products, including fantasy projections powered by Data Golf. You have PGA betting tools and, of course, the DailyRoto.com Fantasy Golf Optimizer. I wouldn't lay up if I was you. Go for the green with DailyRoto.com. Just head over to DailyRoto.com, enter the promo code GREEN, and get yourself access for a free seven-day golf membership right now. That's DailyRoto.com. The promo code is GREEN, and get your free trial going. And don't forget that DailyRoto.com is where millionaires are made. And as we take a look here now uh, a little bit at two... What is coming up on Sunday, 3.05, Tennessee Titans at the Kansas City Chiefs. And we do certainly uh, have a few days for us to be able to uh, catch our breath after three crazy-ass days of football there, Saturday, Sunday, and, of course, last night. Uh, But I can tell you from a market standpoint, we know that the Titans uh, quickly became the big story of the weekend with uh, being the number six seed and not only beating the Patriots, but of course beating the uh, the Ravens, um, and they have cashed a lot for teams that have uh, for guys and betters that have been uh, ladies betting the Titans sure. and following them through. Good stuff. And by the way, the Titans now eleven and seven against the number, seven and three against the number. Dane on the road is what we are seeing with Tennessee this year, which is good stuff. And now, of course, Kansas City. They're 12 and five on the number again on the year. They are six and three against the number at home. And we can see this starting to move a little bit here. I'm seeing just about two thirds of the bets back in Kansas City. And actually, maybe a little bit more than two thirds. But you know what's happening, Dane. That line ain't going nowhere. Um, right. In fact, I believe in the juice trending towards Tennessee now. What do we got? Uh, plus seven, at one is 115. What are you, uh, what Not is uh, showing? Not at FanDuel. At FanDuel, it's 110 on both sides at 7.5. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of minus 115s now. So that's okay. obviously liability from the book standpoint right. on the uh, on the Titans. Uh, and that means also there could possibly be in a lot of places a move down because to seven, yeah. 7. Yeah, to 7. So we do know this, though. Playoff dogs of a touchdown or more. 37 and 26, uh, 59% since 2003. They're also six and two. Dang, get a load of this. Seventy-five percent in conference title games. They don't often get here. We don't often have seven or more points in a conference title game. It's usually a field goal one way or the other. 
But when it's happened in the past, six and two against the number is pretty impressive uh, here at this point. The total, though, is it continuing to go up? Are you at 52 at Fandle? 52 and a half. Wow. All right. So it's even going higher than that. So uh, so up from there. Uh, temperature is ass cold, I believe, to in the teens, they're saying. And uh, exactly I don't think that's going to affect. Yes. Yeah, I don't think it'll affect either one of these uh, two teams there. Uh, but the under, I mean, at uh, in the teens, you've got to figure. I know it's seven points or more. That number, I got to believe, Dane, is going to continue to get pushed up from public perception. But much like we witnessed even last night with uh, with LSU, that number was at 70, 70 and a half at some point as people kept pounding, pounding the over because of what you just watched them score 51 points again, Houston. But we've talked about it. I'd be real weary about expecting a repeat of what you just saw. But that number, I think, is going to be 52, maybe even 53 when it's all said and done. Yeah, I can see this one keep going up. Remember also these teams, when they played against each other about a month and a half ago, both teams were in the 30s. I think that finished at 38. I mean, excuse me, 68. I think it was like 35, 33, something like that, 35, 32. So that was a high-scoring game. We know the Chiefs are capable. And listen, what we've been seeing out of Tennessee is, you know, is absolutely ridiculous. They are just consistent. They remind me, Joe, the Titans remind me of, like, remember the Titans. Herman Boone died a few months ago, a few weeks ago. And one of the things Denzel Washington used to say is, we got three plays. We run it like Novocaine until you can stop them. And those three plays for these Titans right now are Derrick Henry left, Derrick Henry right, Derrick Henry up the middle, and until someone yep. stops them, I don't know if that's going to happen. Keep an eye on Chris Jones and that calf injury. Joe, do you also believe in special teams? Could that be a factor here in this total? We know they're dynamic return men for the Kansas City Chiefs, Hill and Hardman. Mm-hmm. These Titans have had special teams plays before. Do you buy special team or defensive, especially if the game opens up? Well, I, I know the best punter on that uh, on the field is going to be with Tennessee. We watched him go there. So field position, I think absolutely going to be uh, going to be a big part of this, especially if it's going to be lower scoring. And it's just so strange because we've never got to this point. It doesn't happen often where, Oh, we've got a seven and a half point dog in the conference champion. Seriously? Like this is, I mean, there's Cinderella and Tennessee has never felt like, a real number six seed this entire year, which is what makes it even crazier. They were only a five point, I believe five point favorite Kansas city in the first matchup, which had, you know, Tyreek Hill and everybody. So they were, they had the full compliment then, but during the season, they were only a five point favorite at home. And now they are a seven and a half and I'm trying to justify my head. Granted, neither are the same team, but first game was two points. Joe. I think yeah, right. I mean, the Tennessee, but even Tennessee, right? Exactly. So they were a home dog in Tennessee at five points. So now you're talking about uh, a switch of almost what three and a half points there. I don't yeah. get it. I, Maybe I don't people are starting to believe in what they're seeing. Like at that point, it was still early in the Ryan Tannehill right. tenure. Right. Right. And now we're like, oh, wow, this is real. You know, I think maybe if anything, that could be it, Joe, because remember now Ryan Tannehill is what now, like eight and three or something like that. Right. So if you you had that over 16 games and the Titans enter the playoffs, you know, at 11 and five and as the division champs, maybe it's a different narrative. I think we have to believe that this Ryan Tannehill led team is dramatically different than what they could do previously. 
Yeah, and because the Titans won that game too, you would think yeah. we'd be closer to a four and a half. You know what I mean? A four. I mean, but and that's the other interesting. Like you're giving us the key number of seven and a half here. You're even giving us the hook. Uh-huh, so yeah. I'm going. What is Vegas trying? Are they trying to bait us to take Tennessee? So let me ask you Are- this, Joe, because this is interesting. Uh, Just on FanDuel, okay? Money line in right. the AFC game. Chiefs minus three fifty. Titans plus two ninety. Okay. In the NFC game, it's the same exact money line, Joe. Niners minus 350, Packers plus 290. Same spread, seven and a half for both. But the juice is different in the NFC game. In the NFC game, you got Packers are seven and a half, but minus 120. Mm. So I ask you, Joe, but if the money lines are identical... Why is the juice on the same line different? Isn't the money line shouldn't the money line then be different too? Well, I can tell you right now. Yeah, but they're not as far as percentage of bets uh, on them. So for Green Bay right now, you've got a boatload of tickets that are being written on Green Bay for the money line. Um, So you've got seventy-three percent of the tickets, sixty-four percent of the money. And for Garoppolo and San Francisco, you've got 27% of the tickets and 36% of the money. So the public clearly on the money line for Green Bay, but the bigger betters are on. That's why you have the 27% versus 36. So 27%, yeah. 36% of the money. So a higher percentage of the money is on Garoppolo and company compared to the tickets. And the juice is where now on that one? How much is it at? 115? Juice is at 115, 120. It's actually changed in the last 10 minutes. 115, 120 on the Green Bay side. On the Green Bay side. Yeah, it, yeah. there's the big-time liability there. So, I mean, that's, so that that's happens, where a, a it doesn't number automatically of it is move going. The money line numbers? What is? Like, so well, it's like I liability like, anything else. Yeah, the books are going to be – it's all based upon how much money they got coming in on one. Right. I mean, Tennessee has got uh, – Kansas City, rather, has got a very similar thing. It's closer to – it's 43% versus 57 regarding tickets, uh, the amount of bets being made, 57% on Tennessee, 43 on Kansas City. But the right. money amount is much more on Kansas City than it is Tennessee right now. Right. I so, guess my question is, like, why are then we seeing still identical money lines? As far you know, as the number moving, goes. The juice is moving a little bit with the right. spread, but, but it has no impact. Like, it's still identical money lines for both games. But the VIG is moving in one of the games. Yes, only the uh, only the other one, correct? At uh, at the, um, NFC. One. Yeah, the NFC. Because the numbers a little more lopsided in the NFC. They're almost even. You got 43 and 54, 57 right. and 46. So the AFC game is pretty 50-50 as far as the book's concerned. There's way more liability on Green Bay right now in the money line from the money line perspective which is why the juice is up but you're talking about two games at seven seven and a half the money lines are going to be the same until the bets start to swing it and the totals too what is the total for um for green bay right now 45 on the number 45 on the uh number and and that's crazy enough this is even juice at even right and it's interesting too because the public hammering the over that line ain't moving much, Dan. I mean, that was 44 and a half, 45. Yeah. That opened up. It has not moved. Yeah. Get a load of 75% of the tickets. Almost 70% of the money is on the over. Oh, really? And it ain't moving. Oh, I'm it, the other way. <laughs> 
I guess yeah, the bigger right. numbers on the on the under. I'm on the other way. Exactly. And I'm trying to figure this out. I gotta talk through it with you, Joe. I'm trying to figure out how to hedge. Well, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. It's going to be interesting. And I get Tennessee, Kansas City, way more action right now as far as handle goes than the Green Bay, San Francisco. A lot more people excited about Tennessee plopping their money down early. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. So the current uh, future odds right now, what do we got? Uh, how bad is Kansas City? Because I'm assuming they've got to be the uh, uh, the the overwhelming uh, favorite. Unless San Francisco is giving them a run for the money here. Yeah, it's not what overwhelming. We look- it's close. How much? Uh, Kansas City is 130. San Fran is 140. Oh, wow. Close. Okay. So, San- all right. So San Francisco, Kansas City. What's Tennessee in this uh, matchup? Uh, well, then... It's a gap. Green Bay is the third choice now at plus 650, and Tennessee is plus 750. So 15 to 2 for Tennessee, 13 to 2 for Green Bay, and Kansas City and San Fran, you're just shy of 3 to 2. Green Bay is such a interesting situation there. Because at 650, at 6 to 1, 6.5, almost 7 to 1 there, with the 49ers, and I know, uh, I, I know they are screaming and yelling in the uh, 49ers uh, camp. They, uh, he is really seems to be really afraid of his players not taking it serious, like sleeping on because they beat him so good in the uh, in the first game. Yeah, so he is making he is going out of his way to make it a point. Like you are out of your mind. Uh, you know, he's using the I know. Um, I know Matt LaFleur. I know what uh, what's going on. I'm, but so he's and sure. and I don't blame him because he should be at this exactly. point. The last thing you need to do is sleep on an Aaron Rodgers team who can light you. you up. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I don't blame him. Maybe that's not necessarily a good thing either. That whole, you know, that comfort zone going. All right. Well, we destroyed these guys here. What back in week 12 at, in our place? Yeah, and I, I ain't sleeping on that running game of theirs either. I do still think Aaron Jones holds the key to the promised land for the Green Bay. As good as Aaron is, I still think it's Aaron Jones that's going to hold the keys to the promised land for this team. I think so, too. Um, you know, listen, you can't take everything away from the last time they played. Joe, right. we were talking a lot about Devontae Adams last weekend, right? Devontae Adams went off on Sunday. Oh. What, was, what was it like? Seven catches for like 180 or something like that. One eight Joe, for 160. He was eight nuts. for 160. Yeah, cool. check this and out. And I think it's like, the most ever in a Green in a Bay Packer playoff. Yeah, like crazy. So check this out. In the game against San Francisco, Devontae Adams also had eight catches. Joe. 
Really? But it was for a grand total of 46 yards. Ooh. Okay? So to me, mm. that is a different way of playing him, right? Mm. They're not going to let him get behind. The routes will be different, that sort of thing. And I think that's very interesting. If you look at Aaron Rodgers, the yards per attempt against San right. Francisco was like four. You know, so it's very different than wow. what we saw against kind of the way Seattle plays. Okay? Right. So I think that was something to be – uh to be learned. Um, wow. So he yeah, does, really does. Yeah. It's the yards per attempt, yard per target. They're keeping yeah. everything in front of them, you know? And so even more, I think, how are you going to have to loose? You're going to have to loosen that up a bit, right? Enter That's Aaron correct. Jones. Exactly yep. what you're saying, Joe. I'm with you on that. I, uh, I do think. I think he is, without a doubt, a... He is going to be the key. If this guy can get close to 100 yards, I think they win. I, I think that correlates to a uh, to a win there. It ain't going to be easy. And the question is, how much are they going to drop Aaron Rodgers back against that against that front? Because if he can establish the run a little bit, oh my word, what could open up for Devontae and everybody else there would be yeah. crazy. Um, and I got to tell you, who, what's the look ahead? I'm trying to see what the look ahead for AFC versus NFC. Yeah, I got that for you. I'm that trying to think here. I mean, who so. do you like better of the four? Who do you think's got the better shot here? Let's just suppose it's the top seeds, Kansas City and uh, and San Francisco. I, I mean, listen, I can't switch horses now, Joe. I'm on Kansas City. All right, I, I've been kind of screaming about Kansas City for a while, so I, I feel like I can't switch that now. And if you look at conference, right now they have the AFC minus mm-hmm. 120. Minus 120, NFC is uh, plus like even money, 100. So, and I guess that makes sense, right? They have the Chiefs as right. the overall favorite. Yep. Um, yep. So the AFC is the favorite right now at minus, one, minus 122. Um, right. That's the way. And that would, be me, San, that would be San Francisco, Kansas City. That's basically. And that's interesting, too. You know, the money line chalk, you know, if we channel our inner Papa Blewett, right? Right. Because they also have the name the finalists. Ooh. So Go ahead. San Francisco, Joe. Okay. Is, uh. It's still minus 150, but if you want to go all the way, correct result. Okay. Like, I like Kansas City to beat San Francisco right now. Okay, right. That is plus 240. Kansas City, Kansas City. So, Kansas City this weekend, Kansas City in the end beating San Francisco. That's a not, that's but, not a bad number, two and a half to one. Yeah, for Kansas City for, over San Francisco. So, yeah. like, and, and let's put it this way. The, the extreme, right, all the way on the other side at 24 to 1 would be the Titans to beat the Packers. That's the far end of the continuum of all, what, eight wow. possible combinations. That's the biggest one, 24 to 1 if you want Titans over Green Bay. Well, let's take it at one time. If you're looking at, let's say, let's say San Francisco, right? Which – yeah. And, and it's unique because even though they're a six seed, which one of those two teams, Kansas City and uh, Tennessee, presents the biggest? Who's the better matchup? Who's the tougher matchup, rather, for San Francisco? San Fran? I think I think Kansas City would be because Kansas City, uh, Tennessee running like they've been San Fran, Lynch and Shannon have have invested so much in that front. Right. All the number one picks and job one stopping the run. So I think that would be tougher. San Fran over Tennessee is plus 650. Plus 650. OK. All right. That's, so back to that six and a half. That's tough because that's I think that's like uh, the idea of Tennessee getting past Kansas City also. 
Yes, you know, that, right, that, right. Well, that's yeah, exactly. Like. That's that's built into it there as exactly. far as that goes. It's like San Fran over Kansas City is two and a half to one. Did we have Green Bay, Kansas City? No, right? In the we regular did, season? Right. No, we didn't, right? Not that, no. So Aaron Rodgers versus, let's say, and that would be a repeat of what? Super Bowl one, three, five, something along those lines there? One and two. One and two. So... Kansas City, Mahomes versus Aaron Rodgers. I got to think that's the NFL's that's dream scenario. Want. No, that's right? Would, I mean, and what would you have there if you had that? Let's say Kansas City over uh, Kansas City and uh, so Green Kansas Bay City over Green Bay. If you get it early, Kansas City to beat Green Bay right now is five fifty. Oh, Green damn, Bay, dude. Green Bay to beat KC is ten to one. Wow. San Fran. Only if it's San Fran. Yeah, that's yeah, uh, yeah, only yeah. if it's San Fran. I um, could it be one last one in it, man? If Aaron, if he is able to get past that, and we get Kansas City. Now you have ticket on. Was it Kansas City or Green right. Bay? You have. I have two that are live. I have Green Bay to win the NFC. And uh, so winning this week, okay. Yes, that's why I'm asking about the hedge. And I have Kansas City to win it all. And so you those are my best five. So, so you so literally could, you could cash out in the Green Bay, oh. and then what do you do with that? Do you double up on? No, so I'm even asking right now, this week, because I have N- the Packers to win the NFC, Joe. All right? And it's like 10 to 1, let's say. Not a huge okay. play, but, you know, right. whatever. The unit right, doesn't right. matter. Like 10 to 1. 10 to 1 is 10 to 1. So here's my thing, though. The Niners to win the game are minus 350. Even in a hedge, that's not, that's not you know, that's not, no, that's uh, not. Fi- fiscally smart. Nope, you know what not I mean? Helping, not helping so, your cause. So here's what I'm thinking. I got two ways to skin this cat. Tell me if you like this, mm-hmm. Joe. I'm already holding the Green Bay, right? Right. One way is I'm thinking a parlay of San Fran and the under. Because for Ooh, me, the correlation... Okay. For me, the correlation, San Fran wins if they stifle everything, if this is a low-scoring defensive under kind of game. And they're so going to run parlay, like they did, right. Yep. San Fran money line and under gets me to plus 150. Okay. Could that be my hedge against Green Bay? I, I, there you go. You can put a little okay. on that. Just the, just the hedge out of that on the under. What would the uh, what would an even money tease be? Let's say you took uh let's say you even took down, the total. Like yeah, San Fran down and the total up, right. Okay, so San Fran down, and I moved the total up to like 51 and a half, let's say. Yeah. Um, and you'd go under with that. And it's go around under the, the same. It's around the Is same. It? They're giving me plus 135. Okay, so, so here's yeah, the other either, way. One, I, I, either way, uh, that's exactly I mean, where you could look. I got another way of doing it. Tell me, because this is a way I could technically hit them all. What if I just load up on over 49er props, Joe? Yeah. What if I take three running backs? You know what I mean? Something like that. What if I take Mozart and Coleman and Breida anytime touchdown? Something like that. Or Jimmy and Jimmy G over, right? I got to believe those would be juice to hell, no? Yeah, I I have to go shopping. Right, right. Yeah, you'd have to go shopping on it. Which approach do you like better as the hedge? Because I ain't laying negative 350 to hedge. Do I do the parlay hedging or do I do the Because of the injury factor. I hate prop hedging because of the injury factor. You know, if Brieta goes down or Jimmy goes down, like, what are you supposed to do with that ticket? Now you're screwed. Um, 
the Packers win and I get my 10 to 1. That's what I do. <laughs> well, but, now, because that's the other thing I'm thinking about right now. If you take, if you, let's say Packers win, right? So now you've yeah. already won, but now you've got Kansas City in the. Now I got KC. All right. Again. So now you got the money that you just won from Green Bay, right? And now you've already got Kansas City. So what do you do? Do you double up on Kansas? Are you confident enough in Kansas City if Green Bay wins to put it all in and let's go? Let's ride it on KC? Listen, I mean, if I ha- if I hit the Green Bay conference win, then right. I'm playing with I'm playing with gravy, right? So I'll prop. Right. To be honest, I might hedge again. I might hedge then. You hedge again. All right. I'm I saying, but do in your, in your heart of hearts, do you think if it was Green Bay, Kansas City, Kansas City yes. rolls? Yes, I do. Yes, yes. I think Kansas City is the Super Bowl champion, champion. unless. I'll let the San Francisco 49ers pull out one of these defensive efforts that they are right. capable of. But guess what? Sherman's a beast on one side of the field, but he ain't yeah. as fast as Terry Kill and knowledge of route and <laughs> schemes and stuff yep. like that, that yep. don't matter when you can't good catch point. up to the man. <laughs> you yep. know? That's a that's a but good I, point there. Yeah. And I'm thinking the, um, the, yes. the better chance of the upset you think is going to lie in I, I'm Green Bay, correct? Like, so I, I think, I know you got the ticket, but if we're being realistic here, do you like yeah. Green Bay's chances I better than Tennessee? I do, because I believe, listen, I, I do think as soon as Lamar was gone, right? I, I'm, I'm on Kansas City. You know I've been kind of warming right. to this since Thanksgiving anyway. Interesting. And now would you... Um, you like the over in Kansas City? You think it's going to be a uh, a foot on the uh, throat kind of situation no, here, or do you think that game's going to be tighter? I think it's going to be – well, I think it's going to be lower scoring. I believe in the Kansas City defense, Joe. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Kansas- so, yeah, right? so and I'm think thinking be- that's a good way to go, too. If you, I think you put can- – if you tease Kansas City down, you can pass them through seven and uh, three, right, and get it down to what, one and a half? And a half, one, a half, whatever. And yep. then you can jack the total up to 60, uh, 58 and a half and take the under there. And yep. Kansas City wins outright. And like you said, you believe in the defense and it's a grind them out kind of more game. They score in the 40s and uh, and cha-ching. Uh, the way I and would do it, to be yep. honest. You know, yep. I could do the tease, get the favorite to like whatever, one and a half, one, call it whatever it is, something real little. And I'd move both totals up and go under them. Because I believe in these defenses. I believe, I, I mean, yeah. You believe, yeah. So the, you, you like the unders, it sounds like, here yeah, with both of these games in the weekend, too. And it's so funny because that, I think both are going to keep going. I, I, think, I think that Tennessee one is going to continue to rise and continue to rise. I, I, yep, and I don't see it happening. Don't see it happening. But I know they're going to do it. I just don't see that happening. All right, some of our uh, Make It Rain plays will have them coming your way. We'll do that next here on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount.
So I'm seeing some of the uh, breakdown. It looks like the 49ers are... The 49ers seem to be the one team anchoring a lot of the parlays and teasers thus far, Dane. And it's interesting Mm. that the Green Bay Packers, um, it looks like a majority of the bets, it's guys all in on the Packers on the money line. It it looks like the, yeah, it looks like the Packers are going in. uh, The Packers people are just going, give me it. Give me the Packers to win it. Yeah, (laughs) give it to me to win it outright. But it's funny because like we just talked about, a lot of the, it looks like a lot of the parlays and teasers are seeing San Francisco as an anchor, which of course is leaving uh, a little bit of uh, liability there for the liability, books. But, yeah. but with the with the Green Bay fans hammering the money line, it'll even out for the books like it always does because that's how it works. But there is some indication that if you do like San Francisco, that it could bounce back under seven. That's how right. good the uh, the flow of money towards Green Bay yeah, the is. Juice so is on the Green Bay side, yeah. Plus, yeah. So if you get it under a touchdown, yeah, I, you yeah. know, I don't see any reason uh, why. But the totals, I think, are is something I'm going to be interested to follow throughout the week uh, and see well, if I'm there's an under, opportunity. Joe, are you? I am leaning. Uh, I am leaning under right now, but I am going to be interested to see what happens with the. Uh, with the push of incoming money over the next couple of days, especially in this Green Bay, San Francisco one. And the only reason I say this is that in the last three uh, AFC, NFC title games, when the uh, when the number has come down, at least a full point on the total down, it's hit the over in uh, in the last three. So I'm wondering if might be an overreaction of some sort because I don't think anybody thinks San Francisco is going to like I think at that point it's like they're never going to score it's going to be 30 points it's going to be all right well how much are you how much how much further down than the 44 and a half or 45 is the market going to let this go and I think right. the other side is just going to keep going up to the point where people are going to be forced to buy it back down to the 50s but even then I think with the you know, how big is Jones's injury to you on that Kansas City line? It's how big, big is I that? You guys on Sunday, I thought it was big. Derrick Henry may be more equipped than Carlos Hyde to exploit. <laughs> See, and that's why I would so lean the under in that game. Because if he's not in, that's under. Yes, that's an under all day. Could be the best we'll board. See.